Hey, it's Davey here, host of the Found Podcast. I've got a find for you here. It's a printed out letter in red Comic Sans font that was found by this guy Gomez in Oregon blowing down the street. It says, Dear Lenny, I think you are a very interesting person. You are different from everybody else, but you are turning the same. My suggestion to you, stay weird. I think you will have a much better life if you keep being weird. If you stop acting so normal, then you will stand out. Maybe enough to even be famous. I don't know. Maybe this letter won't help you at all. Maybe it will change your life. Maybe you want to be weird. Maybe you want to blend in. Sincerely, someone. You gotta love this find. One friend writing to another. Basically, whoever wrote this letter to Lenny, they're trying to offer some heartfelt advice, which is simply to stay weird and be yourself. The kind of advice you can only get from a friend. This week on Found, we'll meet a guy who stayed weird and just wants to be your friend in just a moment. It was in my driveway. I found it in the trash. In the middle of a library book. On the windshield of my car. From Found the Musical, Killer Films Media, and Wondery, this is Found. I'm Davey Rothbard. For the last 15 years, people around the world have been sending me notes, letters, journals, to-do lists, photos, and other items that they've literally found on the ground or the street. Anything that gives you a glimpse into other people's lives. And we published them in an annual magazine called Found. Some are hilarious, some heartbreaking. Once you start keeping your eyes to the ground, you'll find amazing stuff. On the Found podcast, we look at our all-time favorite finds, explore the mysteries and themes within them, and sometimes even track down the people who made them to find out the real story. One, two, three, four. We all hope to find friends that accept us for who we are, who celebrate our weirdness. But a good friend can be hard to find. Maybe you've moved to a new city. Or maybe the people in your life just don't share your interests. Times like that, you might wish for a new friend. The perfect friend. Right now, this audio you're hearing, it comes from a really crazy and unusual find. This old VHS tape from the 1980s. A 42-minute long video called Rent-A-Friend. The video opens on a set that looks like a living room. The camera pans over someone's personal belongings, some music magazines, a board game, and a boombox. Then you see a man's fingers tapping along to the beat. And then you see the man himself. He speaks, looking right at you. Hi. (laughs) I'm Sam. And um, basically, I'm here because I want to be your friend. How's that sound? (laughs) Great. So here's this 30-something white dude in what seems like a sweater he borrowed from Mr. Rogers sitting in a comfy armchair with a big grin on his face, looking directly into the camera as if he's looking at you. And then, awkwardly, he tries to start a conversation. I, I understand that this might be a little, a little different for you, um, having, having me talking to you like this. Just relax. I'm going to try to relax a little bit too here. So let's just wing it and have a ball. What do you say? Hot diggity dog. 
This video was found by my friends Joe Pickett and Nick Pruer. They collect all kinds of weird VHS tapes for a traveling show they call the Found Footage Festival. I gave them a shout to ask about Rent-A-Friend. Hi, Davey. Hey, Davey. How did you guys even find this tape? We found it in a, in a bargain bin in a thrift store in Chicago, and it was still in the shrink wrap when we found it, actually. And it raised a lot of questions. It had sort of a smiling man in a white sweater on the front, and it said stuff like, he'll be your friend, he'll loan you money. Yeah, and it was, it was a tape labeled Rent-A-Friend. We weren't sure quite what it was, and uh, so it piqued our curiosity for sure. What is the idea of the tape? Like, What is this Rent-A-Friend offering? It's a simple idea, I think. This video was intended for lonely people in 1987 who owned a VCR. And the idea was that, yeah, if you were a lonely person, you'd pop this in, and this guy, Sam, he would be your virtual friend for the next 45 bad minutes. Yeah, it's like Sam. And and so so he'll ask you questions, and then he'll leave a pause for you to answer. Any pets? Hmm. I'm a, I'm a cat person myself, yeah. That's what sets it apart from all other videos is that pause. He'll ask a question and wait for you to answer, and then he'll always give a generic response like, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah, it'll be like, so where are you from? I mean, we just like picturing some lonely person actually there on a Saturday night watching this tape and being like, Cincinnati. You know, I mean, that's, that is just staggering to imagine, and, too. And you think, like, this is a joke. This has to be like a, like a sketch or a bit that this guy's doing. But no, like, once you start watching this video, you realize that this is 100% real. And, like, he's, he's 100% serious with this. He's, he's taken this premise and really gone for it. And it is weird because he's clearly trying to be a little bit goofy. I mean, the part where he lends you money. You don't have to feel bad about it. Look, what I have is yours, okay? It's not much, but... Let it be a token, okay? Let me send this to you, okay? You can actually send in a letter, and I think he'd send back a dollar to you, like a friend would, I guess. So it's this high-concept thing. And so it starts off, you know, fairly goofy, but then he reveals a surprising amount of pathos within about five minutes in. He reveals far more than maybe you'd want, like, an initial friend to reveal to you, and that's when it got interesting. Here's another thing I used to do. I used to make this noise, um... It's a noise that means I'm very excited and very, uh, very happy. I'd like to do it for you right now. And it goes on. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Why are you telling us this? We don't know you. Like that's something I would keep in private to even my closest real friends. Um, but here he is admitting it to anyone who bought this VHS tape. Yeah. And he's asking you questions about your family. Then he starts asking questions about like, is there guilt in your family? Right. Like he asks, yes, there's guilt, and he does not give enough like response time for that answer. I mean, that's like an involved answer, but he's like, okay, I see. Okay. What he says specifically is, is there guilt in your family at all by any chance? And it's the, by any chance that really makes it unique for me. That's like, I mean, that's like, it's like you say like, Hey, do you have a pen knife by any chance? I mean, that's the appropriate use of by any chance, but he's just asking it sort of offhand, like, Hey, by any chance, uh, is there any guilt in your family? Uh, it's a leading question. Yeah. And so much of it seems to be that way where it's like asking these kind of strange questions and then really turning it and just sharing these very bizarre personal stories. Yeah. Like, like by minute six, he's talking about his ex-girlfriend from high school. Not even an ex-girlfriend, a girl he had a crush on. Oh, yeah. He's showing you his high school yearbook. Yeah. He's showing you this girl, Nancy, who he has a crush on and he calls his nemesis and kind of still seems to like hold on to some rejection from that relationship. Yeah. 
Oh, that part's the best. And and like this picture of Nancy, I love the photo of Nancy because she looks very like she looks like very French, like nineteen seventies, like and very mysterious. And he show he holds it up and he shows the picture and he yeah he he's like the girl that he always pined for. And we always wanted to track down Rent a Friend and reunite him with Nancy, his lost love. So badly, we thought that that would have been like the the, the best thing ever. Because could could you, could you imagine the noise he would make yeah. when he saw Nancy? <laughs> He'd be very excited. I'm I think sure. we know what it would sound like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's not bad, Davy. It's actually fun to make that noise. It is. Ever since I've watched the tape, I find myself making that noise. And and some of the things that bubble up for this guy Sam are. They're unusual. I mean, like, what other parts stick out for you guys? Well, there's a there's another part where, well, you know, like like friends when they get together, they'll play a game together. Well, he he brought a game called Blockhead. We're gonna play the game. You'll tell me which one to play, and I'll play just as hard for you as I will for me. Promise. It's like a yeah. Jenga game. He's playing by himself, obviously. <laughs> You're supposed to point to the blockhead piece that you want to pull out, and then he'll pull it out for you. <laughs> I want you to go first. This one, or this one. Under a little pressure, are we? Come on. Come on. Okay, good. Yeah, and then eventually the blockhead piece, like the Jenga thing, falls over. And then he screams, I'm a blockhead! (laughs) I'm a blockhead! (laughs) And he grabs all the pieces and he slams them up against his head. I, I, I grew up with that game. We used to play that game, me and my brothers. But we never yelled, I'm a blockhead, when you when we lost. <laughs> right. And, like, think about when this was made. Like, this is before the internet, uh, a preamble to interactive entertainment. Well, it's true that he, he was ahead of his time in a way, because that exact thing that he's doing, the, the entire Rent-A-Friend video, he could do now online, and people could actually respond. Yeah, I mean, this, this would be a, a live YouTube show right now where people could respond in real time. And it would be like having a virtual friend. Uh, it just wouldn't be as one-sided. I mean, at the end of it, he takes a, a selfie of himself and, you know, you, presumably the person who's looking at the TV. And, like, he may have invented the selfie. This was 1987, so he's a pioneer. He also has this aura of niceness to him. You know, like, he's just like a, a friendly guy. He has a nice, pleasant smile, and he has, he's like a Mr. Rogers. I can't let you go without taking a picture. Just hold still, okay? Give me the same smile that you've been giving me all this time. That's real nice. Hold it. Smile. That's good. After I talked to Nick and Joe, I sat down and tried watching the tape again. And when Sam asked me questions, I actually responded. The tape sort of works in a way. When he talked about his high school crushes, it brought back some stories for me, too. I started sharing them, but there wasn't enough time to really squeeze my answers into the little pauses he left me. And it was a little troubling to realize that whatever I said, his response was always going to be the same. To nod and smile and say, yeah, I can see that. But even if Sam, the rent-a-friend, is only pretending you're there with him, there's an element of realness to him. He seems genuinely curious and kind. The more I watched Rent-a-Friend, the more questions I had. Was this dude Sam a real person? Was the rent-a-friend video something he made up to help lonely people? Or was it some kind of strange joke? And could this video, in some weird way, actually help someone? I asked a friend of mine named Carlin Flora to help me sort through it all. Carlin knows a lot about friendship. She used to be an editor at Psychology Today, and she wrote this great book based on a bunch of scientific research called Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. 
I asked her to take a look at the VHS tape, and Carlin watched the whole 42 minutes. Yeah, I did. What did you think of it? Rent a Friend is amazing. I was judging the actor's performance and kind of thinking of it as performance art, and then I was also assessing Sam, you know, as a potential friend. So it was interesting to sort of feel yourself judging something on two levels, and I'm curious as to what the actor's intention was. You know, is he sincerely sort of making a statement about a desire for friends, or is Sam more of a a character that he invented? It's funny you even say that because I... For some reason, I've taken it entirely at face value. Like, I've always just imagined that this is the guy, and he turned on his video camera, and he's your friend. But you think you think Sam could be a bit of a, like a, a performance? Yeah, so he's showcasing some acting skills, sort of indicating that he's listening to the viewer who's talking back to him. But I also think he's showcasing different characteristics of friendship in terms of, you know, what kind of friend he would be. You know, he's showing that he's a good listener, that he likes you, even though you is an anonymous viewer. <laughs> right. And he gives you compliments. He makes a big show of hanging up the phone twice because you're not to be interrupted. Right. I'm sorry about that. No, no, no. It's all right. I, um, I, you know, I'd rather talk to you. I mean, I don't... They can call back. I hope they don't right now, but uh, go ahead. Sorry about that. So he's giving these indications that he would be a good friend. But then he also is really kind of walking this border between quirky adorableness and weird, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly. know if you felt that. <laughs> totally, totally. What parts of the tape, like, tread that line the most for you? Well, he, you know, he shows a stuffed animal that was given to him, the kids. This, speaking of pets, this is Pluto, okay? And, uh, hello, Pluto. Say hi to my new friend. So he's just presenting it as a sentimental object, which is cute at first. Yeah. But then, you know, when, when he really truly seems to be still attached to it, it's like a little strange. But then he kind of pulls it back with some self-awareness. I feel like every time he's about to go over the edge, he kind of shows some self-awareness and a sense of humor about himself. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and then he, you know, I think he's really good at showing vulnerability, which which is important, you know, for making friends. But I think because this is supposed to be an initial foray into friendship, that maybe, you know, just strategically speaking, he could have sort of played up his status or attractiveness more uh, than going straight to vulnerability. Right. <laughs> That's, I, I think I know what you mean, because like the first time you're hanging out with somebody, and this is presumably your, your first time hanging with Rent-A-Friend, right. like that's not the place maybe to just share so much personal stuff. Right, right. It's such a delicate balance. I think that ideally there's an initial spark between friends and he can't have that because he's talking to an anonymous person. But other sort of characteristics that lead to friendship would be, you know, a perception of that the other person is not just helpful and nice, but also maybe high status or has, you know, something about them that would make you feel a little bit special to be their friend. And he's really downplaying any kind of status signifier and um, he's going straight for kind of bearing his uh, the quirky aspects of his personality and some embarrassing experiences. It should be kind of a, a dance where first we're getting to know each other, then at some point I reveal something and hopefully you reveal something too so we're kind of even. I mean I 
kind of relate to his willingness to reveal so much so quickly because I think that's the way I am a little bit. Sometimes I just dive right in and share really weird personal stuff just because <laughs> I don't know, like maybe I don't have filters or something. <laughs> Do I need to be more, ca- more, a little more cautious? And <laughs> I think you can pull it off. It's so it's so hard to say. There's no formula, right? But I think most of us appreciate someone who skips over small talk and offers up something quote unquote real, right? Yeah. I do think there's something very disarming and nice about people who are willing to kind of reveal something real and something that shows some vulnerability up front, but it's just a balance. Carlin, you know, this video... It shows you how important friendship is to this guy, Sam, and presumably to anybody who might be interested in buying the tape or watching the tape. But, I mean, this is what you've studied over the years. I mean, how vital is friendship? It is so vital. And I think we all think of it in terms of, oh, it would make me happier to have a friend. But it goes much, much deeper than that. Social contact can really be seen as a biological need that's almost right up there with thirst and hunger. And I think because of that, the research on the health effects of friends is really, really interesting. Like one uh, tidbit I like to bring up is that having a lack of, of social ties is the equivalent health risk to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Really? So, you know, think about that. We're always, all these public campaigns, you know, urge, have urged people to quit smoking because of the detrimental effects on, on health. And it turns out that having, you know, not enough friends. Wow. Is, does, it has the same effect on mortality. Um, so that, that really, I think, drives home the, the health and, and friendship connection. In order to improve my own health and well-being, it was time to make some new friends. 30 years ago, Sam made this videotape and asked viewers to be his friend. Well, bring it on. My conversation with the real-life rent-a-friend after this break. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. So, most of the time on this podcast... We have to do some serious digging to find the people behind the finds. In this case, it was super easy. Nick and Joe, the guys who found the VHS tape in that bargain bin, they told me they'd actually tracked down the real-life rent-a-friend. They talked to him. It turns out, his real name isn't Sam. It's Ben. Ben Hollis. He lives in Chicago, and he told Nick and Joe that his rent-a-friend tape had sold about a 1,000 copies. Last week, I reached out to Ben. He's in his 60s now, and he was more than happy to talk about the VHS tape he made 30 years ago. Rent-a-Friend was not something that was, you know, in my head for a very long time before it actually happened. I was working for a corporate video concern. At the end of the year, we had some money left over in our budget, 
And uh, the boss said to me, well, is there something we could do, a kind of modest video that would illustrate how out of the box and creative we can get? And I remember at that lunch, I just said, well, I've, I'd been studying the VHS market for a while and seeing how many just wacky, strange videos and, yeah. you know, videos of fireplaces and stuff right. and pets. And, you know, so I thought, what about a tape with just a person there who listens to you and talks to you and shares stuff about his life? And we could call it Rent-A-Friend. Uh-huh. I uh, I grew up in a household where I felt, I think, pretty lonely or just different, like not fitting fitting into the picture so well. I, I was the youngest of three kids, and both my parents were pretty much uh, heavily involved in their own lives and stuff. So I just had a hunger to connect with people. And I, when when the idea came to me, its germ was probably rooted more in actually wanting to connect with people. But as soon as it it emerged, my comedic sense took over and thought, there's so yeah. much room for humor here, too. You know, what? Are, how are you going to pull this off? And I didn't really know. I just thought, well, let's just do it. Tell me about your parents. I bet they're really neat. I bet you have neat parents, right? I can tell looking at you. Come on. Come on. I mean that. You know, I yeah. tried really hard to be very attentive. and um, And I think that people today... Whether they know it or not, they're starved for being listened to and for just having their very existence affirmed by, by being listened to. You know, you've seen the tape. There are stretches where I'm just looking at the camera and nodding my head like I'm listening, you know. You're right. Like, everyone craves to be listened to. And, and, and one of the qualities in a friend, you know, that we look for is someone who's a great listener. Right. And yet... You know, when you're making this tape, you can't just kind of listen for 45 minutes. Like, Part of it was just trusting that if I believed that I was really listening to somebody, and I kind of imagined what they might say, and I made sure that all my questions were open-ended questions. They weren't yes or no answers that, that I was looking for. Yeah. And then I would tilt my head and kind of nod and look really earnest and put my hand to my chin, you know. Yeah. I did a few of these classic things that you do when you're listening. Things like, you don't say, oh, yeah, you know. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible that you did it in one unbroken take. Mm. And, it, of course, it helps a lot that everything in there was just borrowed from my life. So I was telling, you know, Ben stories and Ben yeah. family stuff. You invented this character, Sam, to be in this video, but he's essentially you. And you share stories about these girls from high school that you had crushes on, yeah. like Nancy. Hey, look at this. Here she is, my nemesis, Nancy. I, I was infatuated with this one for like five, six years and never had a single date. <laughs> then she wrote something mysterious in my yearbook, like maybe, maybe we should have gotten together. And, and did your wife... Did, how did she respond to, to some of that stuff? Uh, my my wife to this day does not want to hear the name Nancy ever. I wrote a song. <laughs> I wrote a song about Nancy, and I'm forbidden to play it or sing it. So <laughs> she's she's still dangerous, you know. She's the nemesis. Right, right. And I mean, I never even went out on a date with her. But that's what's so dangerous. It was as as my wife Julia would say, you know. Well, that was. So unrequited, you know, it's like, it's an open wound. That that sound you made 
<laughs> when you get excited, uh, it, it's kind of incredible. Is that a sound that you've that you've continued to ever make? Uh, I it probably had a vacation for a few decades, <laughs> but it's it's uh it's right there, always ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited enough yeah. to respond in kind if it's okay. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I admit, Ben, that over the last few years since I discovered your tape, there's been there's been moments where I've I've been excited enough to make that noise. Really? <laughs> and, oh, and that's I, yeah, awesome. and I, I think and I think about you. <laughs> <laughs> there's something really incredible about it. It's like uh, it's kind of an unself consciousness, you know? Yeah. And, and an ability to just be like, hey, maybe this seems kooky or eccentric but like this is me and like i want to share it with you yeah it's to me it's like it's make a joyful noise that is the definition right there who, who did you hear from in the aftermath after this tape is released i think you gave your address at one point is that yeah were you getting letters from people i got some letters i know i got a letter from a prisoner <laughs> somebody incarcerated who had access to a vcr Apparently. I guess so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they wanted to carry that friendship a little farther. And then uh, I got a letter from some from a woman who I think may have been a psychiatric patient, and she wanted to marry me. I had to break it to her that, you know, I'm not Sam, I'm a guy named Ben, and I'm, I'm married, and, uh, you know, uh, thank you very much, but I'm, I'm not available. You're, you're her Nancy, you're, you're her <laughs> nemesis. <laughs> I like that turn, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what were your kind of hopes and dreams at the time? I'd had aspirations in showbiz, but I, I shelved them all and had sort of a conversion to the idea of being a, a regular guy as best I could with a nine-to-five job as a copywriter as in, in an ad agency. And so I was, I was more in a corporate world. I was fairly newly married. I was married in 1985, and this was late 86 when we when we shot uh, rent a friend and made it happen yeah. so and you know the and the marriage was not going great so uh, that was that that might have uh, contributed to a sense of loneliness too you know i know we loved each other a lot but i don't think we were so well suited for each other we weren't connecting at all 1989 it was the year that that i divorced i got laid off of that job where i made rent a friend only a few months later. And was that a time when you probably were in most need of friends? Yeah, yeah. And it was the year that I first connected with a lot of like-minded people and uh, kind of turned my life around. Yeah, who were those people that you connected with? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm talking in sort of veiled references to the, to the world of recovery and 12-step and stuff. That was a profound change going from like a you know, Mr. Wild and Crazy guy to living kind of squeaky clean, you know. <laughs> but it was all for the best. And that was just in the wake of releasing the Rent-A-Friend video mm -hmm. that you found yourself making some pretty big changes? Yeah. Can, can I ask, like, what was there, was there a moment when you felt like, all right, I need to make a change? Um, yeah, definitely. I'd said goodbye to my lifelong dreams of 
of being full-time entertainment kind of person and being creative that way. And uh, so I was, I, was, I was unhappy on a lot of levels. I remember, in fact, after work, advertising one day, having drinks with, with people after work and, and uh, just kind of going, man, now I, now I get it. This is, why, <laughs> this is what leads people to say, is, is that all there is? You know, so this is why people get tanked every night, you know, because there's nothing else going on during the day. And there's a, there's a pain, there's a psychic pain in that that you have to um, relieve. A friend of mine said, hey, it sounds like you might benefit from this program, you know. So I went there and I realized I'm responsible for, for making some changes. So it was drinking in the beginning. That was one of the things that I let go of. And I let go of... Uh, the attitudes and, uh, and ways of behaving in relationships. And um, I was looking at my, my crazy money issues. Um, mm-hmm. And only five years ago, I started to come to grips with uh, my relationship with, with sugar and caffeine. And it was just more of the life strategy of trying not to be here and trying not to be here now. <laughs> and whatever I can do. Believe me, you can get pretty high off of a, a double big gulp, you know, Coca-Cola classic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the video, you're so incredibly present. You yeah. know, you're, you're sitting there with, mm-hmm. with that person, mm-hmm. that imaginary person that you're talking to, and you're, you're so utterly present. Mm. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't guess that this is a person who is scrambling to find ways to not be present. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. I, uh, you know, one of the ways, errant way of behaving was craving attention, and uh, the rent a friend shows how you can you can hold two different things that seem so diametrically opposed at once in your in your head, in your body, in your soul. I was interested in reaching out and helping people, hopefully, and I was also really interested in how famous I could get from the whole thing. <laughs> simultaneously. But I also think that in those moments when the camera was rolling and we were doing it, I was very present. And I believe that that was, that's proof of, say, a higher power working in my life when I didn't even realize it. It seems like Ben has been on this incredible 30-year journey of recovery ever since he made the video, putting down the bottle and dealing with money and relationship issues. And now you get the sense that he's actually one of the most present, grounded people out there. We'll have more with Ben in just a moment. Ben Hollis had played a -a rent-a-friend on TV, but his personality in real life didn't seem all that different. I quickly felt like we were becoming actual friends, and I wondered how it felt for him to watch this decades-younger version of himself now, all these years later, it's a it's a multi-leveled experience. It's a, I'm extremely entertained by it. I think this is good, you know, <laughs> and I'm happy about that. I it's always been kind of a surreal experience of um, yeah. being pleased and seeing the seeing the humorous chops and the and enjoying the storytelling and then. There's this layer of oddness also has to come from the fact that I wasn't 
completely committed to playing it either for comedy or for totally straightness, you know. And I somehow, I think, pulled it off because I still cared. I still believed that I I cared about the person who was watching as much as I could. And I also wanted to have fun. You know, that was a big thing. I wanted to make sure that we have fun together on this tape. As bizarre as Rent-A-Friend was, remarkably, it set Ben's life on a new course. A couple years after he released the tape, a local TV producer saw it and was blown away by Ben's creativity. He recruited Ben to host a TV show called Wild Chicago, exploring little-known parts of the city and interviewing people on the street. The show was a hit, and Ben actually became a kind of local cult figure. He even won eight Emmy Awards. I asked him now, looking back, what did Rent-A-Friend mean to him? Hmm. Well, it was a very powerful affirmation that uh, I, in fact, wasn't a nutcase, you know, that it had, uh, it had an audience, you know, and, and that really was a wonderful thing. You know, I've had a whole career out of connecting with people and being curious uh, on TV. I still love people and, and want to hear their stories just like you do. So I'm so grateful for this. You know, it's an awesome, beautiful thing. Hmm. All right, I, you're in a hurry, I know. So um, it's uh, it's been great, and um, take care. I'll see you around. Yeah. So long, friend. It seems to me that back when Ben created Sam, his marriage was on the rocks, his advertising career was up in the air, and he was trying to fill a void. Sounds lonely. He probably could have used a friend, someone to ask him the right questions, someone who'd take the time to really listen, someone like Sam. In making the video, maybe Ben had conjured up just the kind of friend he needed. And for him, that ended up being the first step on a path to a healthier, happier life. So, when things get tough, for any of us, maybe that's what we need to do too. Become our own renter friends. This is Found. To hear more episodes of Found, listen exclusively with Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus for more exclusives, binges, early access, and ad-free listening. Available in the Wondery app. The Found podcast is produced by Julia Smith. Hosted and produced by Davey Rothbart. Editor is Milo Sivkovich at Union Editorial. 
Executive producers are Victoria Lang, Jamie Sulka, Eva Price for Found the Musical, and Adrian Becker for Killer Films Media. Special consultant is Ben Adair. Lee Overtree is the consulting producer, and Eli Bolin is the music director. He wrote the Rent-A-Friend anthem that you just heard. Additional music by Telly Hall. Katie Clarkson engineered. Additional editor is Thomas Masick. An associate producer is Gordon Ample. Special thanks to the Found Magazine team. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.